0: This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Kalstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. I just want to tell you, happy Easter again. You know, I've decided, how many, is everybody here, you have a birthday today? Anybody got a birthday? You ain't got no birthday, dude. I know better than that. Come on. You know, Carrie Sarr's birthday is the 4th of December. Not the uh, what is this eleventh of April? Okay, anybody got a birthday? I had mine on Wednesday. Okay, uh, we'll take that. We may have to take that. Uh, anybody had a uh, uh, a recent birthday? Okay, one there, one here. Jen, your folks are the ones that are telling us. When was your birthday? Huh? What? Yesterday? Oh gosh. All right, everybody. Happy birthday to you. I didn't make you stand up. Happy birthday to you. There's another gal back here. birthday to you all. Happy birthday to you. You're not supposed to ask people that are gals, particularly their age. So we're going to. You don't want us to do that, Linda? Okay. All right. All right. You say, why do you, what, what's this all about anyway? Where'd you go? Well, I just believe that birthdays ought to be celebrated for probably at least three days and maybe up to a week. I mean, how many other times are you ever going to have this birthday? You ain't. So that's worth celebrating, huh? Yeah. Praise God. You say, what's that got to do with anything? Well, you know, we just got done with our. Resurrection Sunday, Easter service, and, you know, I'm telling you, uh, in 40 to 50 minutes, there is no way you can even scratch the surface of what needs to be said, declared, rejoiced over, and honored in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? So I think it ought to go on for a while. You know what I'm saying? Well, we got through that. Now we're going to move on and get all sad and humdrum and whatever. No, we're not going to get sad or humdrum. We're going to rejoice. Glory to God. Amen? You say, well, how come you did that thing after the service, you know, and you had everybody worship God? Because you're not worshiping God, dude. Thanks for your enthusiasm. You know, people, they just, you know, they're like, you know, they need defibrillators, Bill. Somebody needs to come and give them a jump start. You know, the Bible says that we overcome, listen, by the blood of the Lamb and by the what? The word of our testimony. The Bible says that praise stills the enemy and the avenger. And the other thing you have to think about, most people don't, is you know, when you come into a service, and I'm not saying that you do, I'm just, you know, just just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. But, you know, religious people don't like to worship God, okay? They're more um, tempered, more, help me out here, huh? subdued, yes, whatever. Well, I tell you what, now, if religious people, that, I mean, if they know Jesus and they're religious and they get to heaven, dude, it is going to be super uncomfortable for them, because all around the throne, the angels of heaven are worshiping God. And they're not doing it timidly. Huh? No, they're excited. So I, I, I like to force people to magnify God and worship God. Lift your voice. Well, you know, Pastor, that's what you do. No, that's what we do. Are you with me? Yes. You know, so when you, when you come to church... Get ready. You know, I think maybe, you know, they have all these kiosks. You know, maybe I could, is Jerry here? Jerry Hyatt? Jerry? Maybe we could get him to install some some defibrillator kiosks. You know, and people are coming in, you know, and they're trying to, you know, whatever. You just, you walk by, I don't know how that would work. Maybe we could do it by Bluetooth or whatever. So you don't even have to touch nothing. Just boom, you know. and And... Jump start, people. Huh? I'm kind of liking this whole concept. You know? That we could just get right after it right at the beginning. I want to encourage you, praise God. Take time to lift your voice. You won't feel like it. But rejoice, praise God. Magnify his name. Declare that he is Lord. Glory to God. Establish a perimeter of praise in your life so the devil can go somewhere else with all of his stuff. You know, he can mess up somebody else's life, just not yours. Are you with me? Hallelujah. You know, um, you say, what are you doing? I- I'm just waiting. I'm-, I'm trying to decide what way to go. I'm just trying to explain my behavior. You know, well, Pastor, it was kind of like, wow. Well, my wife's gone. I'm off the leash, man. Woo! Glory to God. And she's watching. Sorry, honey. Um, Yeah, you know. And it's good. Now, the automatic here. I can hear everyone. Where's she at? Where's she at? come she's not here. Inquiring minds want to know. Well, she's with her sister-in-law. And her sister-in-law is moving to a different location, so she's helping her out. So now you can all be happy, hey? Eh? Yeah, there you go. Praise God. Woo! Glory to God. We're going to have church today, whether you came or not. A lot of people come in body, you know. They show up, you know, they take up some space, and then away they go. Hey, have you noticed my pregnant daughter? She's going to give me another grandbaby. Glory to God. Yeah, it's coming up now. Hallelujah. Are we at 32 weeks? I'll hear about this for a while. Hallelujah. 32 weeks. Hallelujah. Yeah, I'm going to have another one on the ground. It's going to be awesome. Praise God. Amen. Y'all ready to hear a good word? Amen. Let's open our Bibles. I was going to do announcements and stuff like that, but I'll do that later. How about that? So, Jim, you just have to be instant in, season, and out there a little bit. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Mark, chapter 16. And then let's also uh, open to the book of uh, John. So, Mark's gospel and John's gospel, uh, Mark, chapter 16, and John, chapter 20, 20, I think, yeah. Praise God. Are you all ready for His coming? I tell you what, you better get ready. Are you listening to me? I mean to tell you, glory to God, Jesus is coming again. Look here with me in Mark chapter 16. And uh, I want to make an important point um, to you here today. And then also in John uh, chapter 20. And uh, before we get after this, let's pray. You all ready to get your hearts ready to receive? Listen. Listen. Open up your heart to God's possibilities to you today. You know, he can speak to you about things that you need, directions, wisdom. He can set the captive free, praise God. And guess what? He wants to, you know? So let's, 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 uh, let's, let's get our hearts ready. Father, we love you so much. And during this portion of our service, Father, we look to you. And we thank you, Father, for utterance in the Holy Ghost. But not only that, Father, we open our hearts to your plans and purposes and not only that but our minds and I, th- I thank you father for your grace in every one of our lives that god that there'll be ministry that takes place and understanding father i i thank you for divine encounters father right here in this service today that brings about transformational change in the lives of those that are gathered and present here today, but not only that father. I want to thank you for ministering to those that are watching by the internet that father The same God that is in our midst is in theirs as well And so we just thank you for your blessing in Jesus name and everybody said amen, amen. Praise God notice with me if you would please mark chapter 16 <clears throat> and verse 9 it says now when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, which would have been last Sunday morning, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils, and he went and told them that had been with him, or they went, she, I should say, uh, as they mourned and wept. And they, when they had heard that he was alive and had been seen of her, what's the next two words? They what? Believe not. Say that one more time. Believe not. Bummer, dude. All right, let's go on reading. After that, Jesus appeared in another form unto two of them as they walked. These are the two guys on the road to Emmaus and, uh, and went into the country. And they went and told it unto the residue. Now listen to this. Neither believed they them. So in other words, they got these two witnesses. These gals come back, they're excited. Peter and John, they ran to the tomb, seeing he was gone. And then all of a sudden, these other two guys show up, and they say, man, dude, he, we, he, we had an encounter with the master. And the Bible says, bless their hearts that they did not believe them. Let's go on reading, verse 14. Afterward, Jesus appeared unto the eleven, as they sat at meat, and he upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And then he gave them a commission to go into all the world and preach. Now let's go over to John chapter 20. John chapter 20, and let's start with verse 19. Then the same day at evening, now this would have been Sunday night last week, okay? Sunday night last week, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you, and when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and side, and then were they, then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Now let's drop down to verse twenty-four. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples therefore said to him, "Hey, we've seen the Lord." But he said to them, Hmm. Except I shall see in his hand the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of those nails and thrust my hand into his side. What's the next four words? I will not believe. I will not believe. Unless I can see I'm not going to believe. See obviously they have they had told him that Jesus had showed them his side and showed him his hands. He said No way, man. Unless I get to see it, I'm not going to believe it. Now let's go on reading. He said, I will not believe. After, then after, eight days again, the disciples were within. When is that? Today. Today. They were all together. Eight days later, they're all together. Today. Notice what happens here. And Thomas with them, and then came Jesus, the doors being shut, stood in their midst, and said again, peace be unto you. Then said he to Thomas, how many of you know that God hears everything that you say? Here's everything that you say. All your ugly stuff, dude. Someone's listening. Huh? It's not big brother. It's not Siri. It's not, what's that other one? What Alexa, Alexa. Alexa, even though she might be listening, but <laughs> <laughs> somebody else that's a whole lot more important that's listening. Notice what he goes on to say here. <laughs> Jesus, uh, uh, let's see, where were we? Uh, t- 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 oh, verse 27. Then he said to Thomas, reach hither your finger and behold my hands. And reach hither your hand and thrust it into my side and be not what? Be not what? Be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet believe. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you might, what's that word? Yeah, that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life through his name. Woo! glory to God. How many believers do I have here today? Glory to God. You know, there's something that Jesus Christ did And what we don't want to do is we don't want to be like those when they were told the truth, didn't believe. If you walk by sight, the chances are you'll be deceived. But if you walk by faith, what's that mean? In what it is that he has promised, what it is that he has said. When you walk by that, irregardless or irrespective of what's going on around you, my friend, you're in good company. Blessed are those that believe, even though they haven't seen. Well, why is that important in our day? Because I'm telling you that Jesus Christ said, I'm coming again. Yep. Yep. Well, unless I can see something, I ain't going to believe nothing, and you'd be just like the rest of this group everybody say I'm a believer well if I'm a believer you know and here's the thing about this this declaration this announcement the thing that I'm telling you you know we shouldn't so passively say well you know okay Jesus is coming again I believe that whatever no 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 I mean if in fact we believe that he's coming again then we ought to be looking for him And that would be in what we say and what we do and how we live and all of the other things that are associated with the soon coming king. Let us not be taken up by all of the trappings and the things that are going on in the world. Yes, we have our responsibilities, but listen to me. We need to be consciously mindful of what it is that he said and be sure that that is the priority within our lives about how we're living and what we're doing and why we're doing it. Thanks for your excitement. (laughs) We don't want to get caught. Not watching. You know, Jesus said, what I say unto you, I say unto all. Watch. What does that mean? That means, praise God, we're, we're looking to the things that God has said and that we're making sure that those things are being implemented in our lives. That we are following him. That we're pursuing his plan, not ours. Are you with me? Amen. That we live our lives in a way that reflects his desires and how he would have us to live. Huh? You know, when Jesus told that parable about the wicked servants, uh, it talks about the, the, the Lord had bought this property. And uh, he turned it over to these guys, and he said, I want you to I'm, – I'm taking leave. I'm going to be gone for a while. I want you to tend to this and this and that and the other. Well, after he left, they said, well, the master's not around. And so they, they started acting ugly toward one another, you know, and, and – uh, you know, saying, doing things that were improper. I'm talking about, you know, the body of Christ and how it is that we're to live. Just because you got fire insurance, does, that doesn't give you license to sin or act ugly or be whatever. You say, well, I didn't know you were going to talk like this, Pastor. I wasn't really sure myself either. But you know what? I'm just a delivery boy. Why is it important? Because when he comes, I want to make sure that the people that God has given me the responsibility to serve as a pastor to feed and lead, or at least, praise God, got told what needed to be said so that they would be doing it when he comes. Are you with me? You know, it's, it's not enough for you, again, to have this fire insurance that you're a believer now, you know, and, and you, uh, you know, call on the name of the Lord and then live like the devil, We've got stuff in evangelicalism, theology, man, that is nothing more than doctrines of devils. Because what it does is it allows people to live any way that they want, because after all, God is a God of grace, and he's going to forgive us past, present, and future. Well, I'm telling you what, my friend, that is some dangerous ground. Are you listening to me? Woo! What a preaching machine it gets better. Well, wait a minute. We might not quite be done yet, but it will get better. Okay? Hallelujah. You know, and if, and if if you're flying right, you don't have to be concerned about this, right? Eh, easy solution. Glory to God. You know? I want to talk to you about the victorious one. Maybe maybe in the context of us exalting Jesus magnifying him, that it maybe can draw our attention away from all of the trappings and everything that's going on within the world and politics and things of that nature, you know. Dude, none of that matters. The only thing that matters is what he said. You say, oh, yeah, it does matter because it's really going to influence my life. I can tell you this much, praise God. They that dwell in the secret place of the Most High God will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I'm telling you what, there is a power greater than anything that is going on in this world, politically or otherwise. There is no power that is greater than his. And he is our king, hallelujah. So you can rejoice and be glad. Yeah, but it's imposing upon my life, it's affecting me. Yeah, but praise God, it does not affect what you have been asked to do within the kingdom. Yeah, I remember one time, you know, they they tried to get all the kids to stop going to the pole and praying. Bunch of cancel culture, ungodly people trying to put a stop. But you know what? No one can stop you from going to the pole. Did you know that? All you got to do is show up, walk up there. Well, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. It's a separation of, you know, church and state. You can't be in that. It's dumb. They're dumb. Well, really, they're blind. But they don't want you exercising. We got all this cancel stuff. Dude, don't let that bother you. Huh? You want to shout unto God with a voice of triumph, glory to God, go ahead and do it. Are you listening to me? We're talking about the victorious one. Now, before this message is over, you're gonna realize that you share in that victory. Praise God, we didn't didn't hitch our, our wagon to defeat. Come on, last week, praise God, he came up out of a grave. Woo! glory to God. All authority has been given unto me both in heaven and on this earth. The victorious one. King Jesus. I'm not going to go hide in a hole. How long can you stay in a hole? Well, it depends, you know. You've got all your stuff together, you know, and you've got all your rations, you know, and you're going to get down in there, praise God, you know. And, you know, as long as the air quality is all right, we're good. We can last up to 60 days or whatever. I don't know. Listen, at that point, it ain't going to matter. Then what? What happens on day sixty one? I really didn't have any attention. Like I said, I'm off the leash, she's not around, you know, a lot of things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus was resurrected by the glory of the Father. The Bible says it was not possible that he should be holden of death. The Bible also says that had the princes of this world, I'm talking about the devil and all of his cohorts, had they known what was gonna take place, they never would have crucified the Lord of glory. Because praise God, when Jesus was raised, from the dead by the glory of God. It released the power of God so that all of humanity could be released out from the tyranny of sin and the devil forever, hallelujah. He had no idea what was happening. It was a mystery. I'm telling you, God's good. Huh? He doesn't always, you know, show all of his cards at once. And by the time he does, it's too late. Thank you, Jesus. But he gave us, he, he, Jesus rose from the dead and declared victory over death, hell, and the grave. But here's the thing, you guys, you know, that's what happened. Hey, amen. We're living in the, the dispensation of his victory, but, but what does it mean? Why is it important? How does it impact you? Yeah, Jesus is victorious, but what about you? How does it influence your life? Well, I think you have to go back and ask yourself a simple question. Why did Jesus come? You know, he didn't come for himself. Huh? He didn't go through hell, you know, so that it would change anything about him. No, he came for you. He came for me. He came as a living sacrifice, as the Bible says. He came to redeem mankind from sin and death and its consequences. You know, the Bible says, praise God, that by one man, sin entered into the world and death by that sin. You know, the one man was Adam. He transgressed against God. In other words, he disobeyed what God said. And the Bible says that death, or we could call it spiritual death, passed upon all men. What does that mean? To be spiritually dead means to be separated from God. In other places, the New Testament writers refer to it as being alienated from the life of God. Not having the life of God, not having the hope of God, not having anything outside of God. And the whole world, the Bible says, lies in wickedness. It lies in darkness because it has not the life of God. And it's by this one man's sin that death entered into the world, and, and uh, or sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and that death spread to all men because all sinned. See, the Bible says that when you're born into this world, uh, in, in your natural birth, you're born into sin. You have the nature of sin. And the only remedy for that is Jesus Christ and his blood applied to the heart of a person so that they can be changed, transformed, and made a new creation in Christ Jesus. Now, the kicker to that is is that you have to yield and surrender everything that you are to Him. And that's a tough sell for some sometime, because they don't want to relinquish it. But you got to think about it for a moment. Come on, if we're making a deal, and over here is life, and life more abundant, and over here is killed, stealing, and, steal and destroying, this would be a good choice. But yet the God of this world has blinded the minds of people lest the glorious light of the gospel should shine unto them. You know, it's like, you know, I'm talking about God and his mysteries. You know, I mean, he's so cool. He chose by the foolishness of preaching that people would get saved. That's so counterintuitive to the world. Surely there's a program here. Surely there's some kind of a, you know, works thing that we do so that we can merit it. Nope. Nope, no merit. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are the workmanship of God in Christ unto good works, which he has before ordained that we should walk in them. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, the nemesis. (laughs) <laughs> for man is sin. You know, you, you look at, you, people get mad at these politicians, you know, and what they're doing. Dude, they just don't know any better. You say, oh, yeah. Forget it, dude. That's an exercise in futility. If you want to get angry about something, and that's probably not the right word, you, know, you need to think about the people that elected them. Therein lies the trouble. Huh? You say, what are you talking about? In, in, in Israel's history, you know, God made Moses a deliverer. You could call him a shepherd. You could call him a pastor. And it was through this individual, Moses, that God directed the people you know, in the way that they should go. Now they had some problems relationally. I don't know if you know that or not, but a lot of murmuring. You know, and everybody's got their own ideas. How I many you know what I'm talking about? But you know, at the end of the day, the only counsel that stands is his. But they, you know, they are looking around. They're looking at all these other nations, you know, and they got kings. They got a they got a physical entity that they can basically adhere their allegiance to. And God said, you don't need a king, you've got me. They said, no, 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 we want to be like all the rest of them. So God gave the people what they wanted. But he also told them, this will be the result. What you see happening today is because of what people want. Now, what they want is going to be extremely costly if it is outside of the righteous mandates of God. Now, I want to be able to live my life the way I want to. I want to be immoral. I want to be this. I want to be that. I want to be the other. And God protects your right as a free moral agent to do just that. But there's consequence, my friend. And everybody is going to stand before God and give an account. Are you listening to me? Oh, going off trail. You ready? Turn over to Revelations chapter 1. We'll come back. You say, I thought you were talking about the victorious one. I am. I am. Come on, give me a break. Hallelujah. We're not done yet. I promised to... to, uh, salvage this deal look at Revelation 1 verse 4 how many of you believe the Bible how many of you believe that the Bible is God speaking to us so in just a moment we're going to read something that God is saying to you and I now it just so happens that John one of the Apostles while he was on the exile to the land or land island of Patmos, we were on that island once. It's a cool place, man. It's out in the middle of the Mediterranean. It's beautiful, but it's a rock, okay? In the middle of a lot of water. Anyway, they they they, they exiled him out there, and he has a divinely granted visitation from God, an encounter with God, has this vision, and he and God said, Write this down. So we have this record, these 21 chapters in the book of Revelation. But notice here in verse 4, he said, John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be to you and peace. uh, From him, listen, which is and which was and which is to come. And from the seven spirits uh, which are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and has made us kings and priests unto our God, and his Father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever, amen. Now listen to this next verse. Behold, he comes with, the cloud, with clouds, And every eye will see him, and they also which pierced him. And all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him, even so, so be it. There is a divine reckoning that is coming. And you want to be on the right side of redemption. Are you listening to me? And so for all of those who mock, and for all of those who speak disparagingly of the kingdom of God, for all of those that try to silence the church, you may want to rethink what it is that you're doing, or participating in, or giving your credence to, because every man is going to stand before that throne. Some preacher talks about the great white throne judgment. And it's coming. Huh? And there is no escape. You know? All of the things that are spoken against the church, all of the things that are spoken disparagingly against the body of Christ, uh, against you as a believer, the best thing you can do is pray for the one who said it. And I know sometimes that's a difficult thing to do. Are you listening to me? But I wanted you to see this because the reality is is that, you know, um, I mentioned this before. The nemesis, the opponent, the adversary, the, 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 the arch enemy for man is sin. That's what destroys him. That's what destroys people. And you say, well, what is sin anyway? It's disobedience to God. Simply put, when people are in sin, it's because they disobey God. God has given us A a, call it guidelines if you want to call it that, but he's told us what is good. He says, You know, you know what is good, old man. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly before your God. But they, a whole lot of folk, they, God is not even on their radar. Okay? They're not thinking about that. They're thinking about something else, but they bettered. You know, and when I talk about sin, I'm not just talking about overt sin. You know, sometimes, you know, we in the church world, we say, well, you know, I'm not immoral. You know, I'm not living with somebody. I'm not doing wrong. I'm not doing this. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about sin, complete, you know, the whole spectrum of sin. We talk about fleshly kinds of sin, but did you know, praise God, there's, there's sins of the Spirit? You say, what do you mean by that? I'm talking about, you know, unhealthy attitudes of the heart, like being judgmental, like being critical, Like being arrogant. Walk humbly before your God. That's our responsibilities. Huh? Mind the right house? You say, when's this going to get good? It's good right now. You just don't know it. Huh? You know, when Paul was writing, he said, therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. One minister said, you know, he was visited by um, the Lord, and he said that, that God would judge people quicker on sins of the Spirit than he would of the flesh. You know, we see people, you know, they're misbehaving, doing all this, and, you know, and we look down our nose at them, you know, and we think they're so bad. But yet we're the same person that can sit in the living room and lick a spoon in the kitchen because of what it is that we don't like. Or what it is that we've judged about somebody else. Huh? You know, I tell you what, praise God. We, we, we you know, you say, well, why are you telling us this? Because like I said, I'm just telling you what he told me to tell you so that you'll be ready when he comes. And when he comes, you know, huh? We'll be good. Are you with me? Not to mention the fact that if we employ these things within our lives, our personal lives will be blessed too. You know, I I use this scripture, and it's, it's, it's a challenge. But the Bible says to let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth, but rather that which is good to the use of edifying. Boy, I mean, the first sign is something, you know, that's just not right, boy. We need to zip our lip. Can I get a witness? Come on, just stay out of it because it's not where you want to go. Glory to God. You know, again, the Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So, so we can't, you know, we can't, you know, we don't, you know, you're, you're, you're not the judge. I'm not the judge. He's the judge. So we're just going to kind of leave that all up to him. Wouldn't that be good? Hallelujah. Just stay happy. He said, I gave you one commandment, baby. Love one another as I have loved you. So that's the charge. And praise God, he enabled and empowered us to be able to do that, didn't he? So I tell you what, i got nothing to say about people's junk and stuff and messed upness and all that. Huh? Now, I, I judge righteous judgment. I mean, if somebody's doing wrong, I don't, I don't just say, well, you know, it doesn't matter. Well, it does matter. But I'm not the judge. you understand where I'm, talk, where I'm coming from here? You know? We just need to leave it with him. Jesus came as the victorious one. To satisfy the demands of justice, he paid the price. He became the ransom for you and I so that, praise God, we could we could live victoriously in him. Can you say amen? So we get rid of all this stuff. Come on. You know, we got, you know, our opinions. <laughs> I mean, you know, your opinions don't matter. Huh? You know? Well, it's just not right. Well, it it probably isn't. Huh? But, oh, perfect one. (laughs) You with me? Let's just not go there. Are you with me? My wife and I can't tell you how many times we say, we hear about stuff and we go, not my circus and not my monkeys. Why? Because... You know, if you get all stirred up about everything that's going on in people's lives, dude, you won't have time for nothing. Not to mention, the fact, you'll be all jazzed up, praise God. You know, you can always tell what people are thinking. Just talk to them for a while. You know, all of a sudden, man, they're going like a machine gun. You know, yeah. anyway. So, y'all doing okay? It's going to be over soon. Don't You know, we'll get there. But the Bible says that if, for if by one man's offense death reigned through that one, much more those who receive an abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign. Everybody say reign. Everybody say, I want to reign. Yeah, because of his grace and the gift of righteousness, we will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So his victory becomes ours. Again, the reason he came is so praise God. Listen to me, you guys. There is nothing in human words or expression that you can come up with. There are no words, no term that you can can come up with to to express the majesty, the majestic, the glory, the authority, the power power that is in the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, men have tried to write it down, but it it pales in the glory of God. I'm telling you, you know, when you read the book of Revelations, and with his eyes, everything melts, where does that leave anything? Huh? Glory to God, you've had the privilege of calling on his name to be a part of that victory. There's no way to express the honor and the glory that is due unto his name. You guys, you need to reverence God. Are you listening to me? Some people, you know, they're just, they're just, uh, they're irreverent before God. They're not mindful of God. They're into their own thing. They do whatever it is that they want. Are you listening to me? Here's something that, <clears throat> um, when the, with the disciples and their experience and what Jesus said to them. When the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus directed to them, when, he, when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some of them doubted, and Jesus came and said that all authority is given to me in heaven and on earth. And it says, go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, or Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Hallelujah. Listen, did you know that every knee is going to bow and every tongue? Is going to confess that he is Lord. Look at this verse of Scripture. Turn to Turn to uh, Philippians chapter two. Is it hot in here? Or is it just me? It's you. It's me. Hallelujah! Imagine that. <clears throat> Philippians chapter two. Oh glory to God! Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God! Everybody say it together. I'll be better for this. Yeah, you'll be better for this. Hallelujah. Look at this. Uh, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. The King James Bible says, Let this mind be in you. Some of your Bible translations may say, Have this attitude in yourselves. Okay? So it says, Let this mind be in you, have this attitude in yourselves which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. He took upon himself the form of a servant, and he was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and he became obedient to death, even the death of the cross, Wherefore, or because of that, God also has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, of things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue shall or should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to, hallelujah, the glory of God the Father. Glory to God. Now, why do I share these things with you? I, I did my best. I mean, we, talked, we kind of went around some routes there, you know, about the whole sin thing. But I'm telling you that you and I share in the victory that the Lord Jesus Christ himself has. Amen. You know, the Bible says whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that, the victory that, the victory that, the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is he that has overcome the world but he that believes, hallelujah, that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so you share in this victory. Why is that important? Because I tell you what, praise God, the devil's doing everything he can to try to keep people under his thumb. And I tell you what, praise God, thanks be to God, gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that what the Bible says? Gives us the victory. Everybody say, I got victory. You got victory. And God is the one who's made it possible for you to, to, to do that. Because, you know, again, if you're a believer, you share in that victory that he has provided over death, hell, and the grave. What does that mean? That means, praise God, you don't have to live under the dominion of sin. Case in point, don't know why I'm going here, but whatever. You know, people, you know, if you read the Bible, you find out that when people cohabit together and live together, that that is immoral. Are you with me? Now, in our world, in our culture, in our society, nobody thinks a thing about it. Matter of fact, this way went off the, the deep end. Are you with me? But so what ends up happening is, is that there's a consequence to that. Okay? Sooner or later, chickens always come home to roost, causes problems. Am I in the right house? You say, you have no right to say that. Who are you to say it? I didn't say it. He did so before you go looking at me, talk to him about how we're supposed to live. And I'm not saying it to condemn anybody. I'm saying it to warn you. And not to mention the fact that, thank God, Jesus came so that you wouldn't have to live under the, the destructive... Uh, deceitful kinds of attitudes and thinking that the world does. Wow. This is an interesting message, don't you think, Matt? What are you guys doing over there? Are you trying to take a nap? <laughs> Kat was up all night with the kids. I think she's over there saying, hey, honey, you know, just kind of let me get... <sighs> You know, off there a little bit. Nobody will see us over here. Actually, you should have hid in the crowd. But anyway, <laughs> God doesn't want you to live in defeat. People don't think of lifestyles as being that which defeats them, but it does. Are you with me? Because, and here's the reason why sin is what opens up the door to hell's visitations. Are you with me? But see, here's the cool thing about it. Romans chapter 6 and verse 14, the Bible says, Sin shall not have dominion over you. So all I got to do is find out the truth, and thank God I can walk out of it. Are you with me? So many people very often, you know, they they feel like they can't get out from underneath it. Yes, you can. I'm telling you, you can. I mean, if God's got to move heaven and earth, he can flat out do it. Can you say amen? Amen. And he'll do it if you'll respond to him and walk in the light of his word. Praise God. And not only that, you know, talking about sharing Christ's victory, I'm talking about, you know, being victorious over hell and its behavior. Now, I don't know, you know, I'm just a delivery boy. But I'm just telling you this, and I'm talking about Christian, you know, families and homes and things like this. Dude, hell is destroying your house. You say, well, what do you mean by that? By the way you act and by the things you say. And Jesus went to a cross, died for the sins of the world, rose victorious, shed his blood so that you wouldn't have to live that way. Don't tell me you can't get it turned around because you can, baby. Huh? You might have to put a watch over your lips. You may have to repent a little bit. You may have to say, I'm sorry. You may have to sit your family down and say, we ain't living like this no more. Come on. Now, I can stand up here. I can preach you a good old little social gospel and make you all happy. Or I can tell you the truth and set you free. Are you with me? See, the thing that people don't realize is, is that we are in a conflict. We're in a battle. And hell is doing everything it can to destroy mankind because hell hates God's creation. And you and I are his most prized possession. God so loved the world that he gave his son so that whoever would believe in him wouldn't perish but have everlasting life. So you are a target. You are the subject of hell's unleashing and Satan's uh, warfare to destroy your life. But thank God he can't do it because Jesus rose victoriously. But I can't play into his hand I'm not ignorant of his devices, or at least I can't be. Man, I got to learn how it is that I'm to live. I got to change the way that I think. I can't be selfish about what I want. Huh? Let this mind be in you that was in Christ, who though he was God, being, you know, in the form of God did not Consider it something to be grasped or held on to, but he made himself of no reputation. He took upon himself the form of a servant, he was made in the likeness of men. He did that for you so that you wouldn't have to have hell in your house. I don't know about you, but I like heaven's grace and blessing. So I don't get into violating the things that God has prescribed. I don't speak ugly to my wife. I don't speak ugly to my kids. Huh? I don't mistreat them. Huh? I don't neglect them. Now, I'm not saying I'm perfect, you know. But I'm just giving you some ideas. You know? We're the prefer. Those within our household. Are you with me? (laughs) Do you really want me to do that? (sighs) (laughs) Be glad sometimes that you don't have to be the delivery boy. You know, um, dads. And listen, this may not apply to you. So if it doesn't, fine. But if it does, you just gotta listen to what I'm saying. But you bring them kids into this world; you're responsible for those kids. Jeremy, it's not just her job. We got dads. I mean, huh? It's easy to father a child, but it's another thing to be a father. Well, you know, this, that, the other, they, this, they. Where are you? Where are you? You know, I've pastored church for over 40 years. And I've watched single mothers try to raise their kids. And guess what? They cannot be a dad. And God bless every one of them for doing everything they can to do or to at least fill the void. But they were inherently never created to be able to do that. Dads were. And you have to be there. Now, I'm not saying this to condemn anybody, but I'm telling you the truth. Some of you that are younger, man, I mean, you know, I I understand ambition. I, I understand accomplishment. I understand, you know, wanting achievement within your life. But listen, when them kids come into this world, dude, you're responsible for them. It's a chapter in your life. It's a season that you have, and you've got to care for them. That's the reason we have hell going on in our society right now, because all of these kids have been left to themselves. So many, they don't even know who their dad is. And we wonder why we have the problems that we have. Are you with me? And not to mention the fact, you know, that their families, their parents, you know, they did a, everything they know to do. They've, they've endeavored. I tell you what, God honors that. And the reason I say it is, is because even in your best efforts, those children, they still, they come to a place where they decide what they're going to do, how they're going to live, and that is not on you. Are you with me? But thank God you can stand in the gap. I said, thank God you can stand in the gap. You know, Jacob ran off. He was an idiot. Huh? Huh? But, you know, he had an encounter with God out there in the middle. He said, surely God is in this place, and I didn't know it. And right there, he vowed about, God, if you'll fix this thing and turn it around, I tell you what, I'll serve you. And, you know, parents, you, right here, right now, can be in that same place. So that even though your kids may not be flying in the right direction, I'm telling you, praise God, you can stand in the gap and believe God for an encounter With God I was just talking to someone here you know I don't, I don't remember what even how I said it or what I said last week about something about this same kind of context about your your kids and you know and different things like that and somehow or another I talked about dreams and uh, one of the kids you know called him up and said I had this dream and The dream was, for a lack of a better way of saying it, drawing them back to the truth of God's word. I mean, God could do some amazing things, man. Huh? Your kids can be walking down the road of life, minding their own business, and God can show up, and you'll be the one that helped make it happen. Huh? Don't give up hope listen don't 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 feel hopeless about this thing i'm telling you there's a god in heaven that wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can even ask or think you just say god i'm in the middle i am that that stop gap person for these kids and i tell you what praise god they can run but they cannot hide Our middle son, I tell you what, this kid, I mean, he did everything he could to run. But I tell you what, when he got out there in the middle of it, he was such an unhappy child. Hallelujah. Because he couldn't run from it. Now, he's still a little ornery, but he loves Jesus, and he's serving him. Greg, if you're watching, I found out that you have to go to Florida and go to some uh, 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 court. Because you're maybe driving a little too fast. He's notorious for this. He was a kid in college, you know, when he was down at Ramah. he'd get picked up, and then he'd have to skip school to drive back to Kansas so he could go to court so he wouldn't get it on his record. He spent more money, you know, trying to get back and forth. I don't know where he gets it. I did find out my truck will only go 99 miles an hour. And they shut it off. What's up with that? That is not right, Bill. Huh? So keep your older cars that go really fast. Are you listening to me? (laughs) Praise God. We share in his victory, you guys. But we got to do life right. We got to do it his way, don't we? If we do it his way, I tell you what, I mean, and we've all, you know, bowed our necks and did all of that kind of business. We find it never works out. But it will work with him. I tell you what, he's given us victory over oppression, depression, lack, deficiency, hopelessness, bitterness, forgiveness, being judgmental or critical, sickness, disease, infirmity, all of it. You got time for just two more scriptures? It's only 11.03. I know we got the offering and we got a few announcements, but you'll be all right. Look at Ephesians chapter 1 real quickly with me. Just back up a a scotch. Y'all glad you came today? I tell you what, we're going to do it right, aren't we? I said we're going to do it right. We're going to live God's way. We're not going to live the world's way. We're not going to be ashamed of the world, I mean, ashamed of the gospel because the world has their deal. I could care less what they think. Dude, the sooner you get delivered from people, the better off you will be. Are you with me? Mm. Look at this verse of Scripture. Let's start. Uh, This is a prayer that Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus. But I want you to think about what he's praying about. He's talking about, you know, you all got... Saved, turned on to the word of God, and this is what I'm praying for you for, okay? Verse 15, wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. He begins his prayer, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Hallelujah. The eyes of your understanding being or having been enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. Now listen to this. And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance is in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe. How many believers do I have here? Huh? He wants, this is what he's praying for, according, now listen, and and so now he's going to describe that power. Listen, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and set him, listen, set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, and every name that is named. What's he talking about? He's talking about the devil. Huh? And what it, the place that he's uh, now seated? Every name, this name, not only in this world but also in the one that is come is to come. He's put all things under his feet, and he's given him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. You guys, God so loves you. Jesus so loves you. All of this he has been given to the church. God gave his son to the church. He gave his son to you so that you wouldn't have to live under, again, the tyranny of sin, the dictates of Satan, or anything else that hell has to offer. Jesus rose victorious in order to give you the victory. Hallelujah. And thank God for it. So notice he says, according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him where? At his own right hand. Now, look with me if you will please. Just look down to chapter 2 and verse 5. Even when we were dead in sins, hallelujah, has he hath quickened or made us alive, is a better way of putting that, together with Christ, by grace you're saved. Now look at this. And has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly place. Where is Jesus seated? Where? At the right hand of the Father? And notice that scripture says, and he has raised us up and made us to sit together, I'm telling you, the devil is under your feet, baby. I'm telling you, glory to God, victory belongs to you. Why? Because you're seated with him. You know, if you're seated at the right hand of the Father in Christ Jesus, then I'm telling you, it can mean no less than for you to be able to share the authority that that place and that throne represents. So glory to God, Jesus has made you more than a conqueror through him that loved you. And you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And thanks be unto God who gives you the victory through your Lord Jesus Christ. So I tell you what, praise God, you got stuff in your life, put it under your feet. Huh? Walk on it. Say, we're going to do some things differently. We're living far below our privileges in Christ Jesus here. Amen. Let the love of God invade that home. Your home is your castle, baby. Are you listening to me? I said, your home is your castle. Don't let junk in your house. I tell you guys, I want you to live right. I want you to live righteously. I want you to honor the king. He's coming again. And you need to think about, you know, just how am I living? And, and the thing is, it, it, it is inherent, I think, in all of us that we're not always really thinking about ourselves. We've got it all figured out where other people are concerned, what they need to do. Now, I'm asking you to change that tune a little bit and not worry or, uh, or trouble yourself so much about that. And think about, man, am I, am I flying right here? Am I doing right by my children? Am I loving my wife? Am I loving my husband? Are you listening to me? And here's the thing, you know, not only will it be great for you when He comes, but it'll be great for you in this life. See, godliness has promise not only in this life, but the life that is to come. Huh? And like I said, I mean, you could go to a lot of different churches, and you can hear a message, you know, and it'll be all homiletically correct, and they'll have three points in a poem and, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. But what I'm interested in right now as we, you know, come drawing down to the end uh, of all things, is that I am going to do everything I can to get you ready for His coming, Amen. Amen. And if I got to talk, you know, a little um, strong, then then I'm okay with that. Okay, I mean, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. I mean, I got the same responsibility in my life. Are you with me? You know, we can all you know sing Kumbaya and have all kinds of junk in our heart. Or we can get honest with ourselves, and we can clean some stuff up and be the way He wants us to be. Amen? Amen. I'm glad you clean yourself up. I'm glad you smile. I'm glad you brush your teeth. I'm glad, praise God, for a lot of things, you know, when we're on display. But what's more important is that our hearts are pure before Him, and that we're doing what it is He asks us to do when He comes, which won't be long. Don't trouble. You know, listen to what Jesus said. He said, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. If you listen to the media, if you listen to the news, if you listen to the world, you're going to be troubled all the time. Turn it off. You'd be amazed. You know, the best thing that some, you know that could happen to some of you is lose your phone. Oh my God! <laughs> I wouldn't know how to. <laughs> You'd be all right. Trust me. You know, that's why, you know, Tom and Linda go up into the boundary waters for two weeks. You know, you, you got no, you, you don't get nothing up there. Do you guys take a sat phone with you? No. You're thinking about it. As we've gotten older, we wiser. Yeah. But see, when you get up there, there ain't nobody chirping about nothing. Just you, nature, and a bunch of fish. And bears. Don't forget the bears. Have you guys ever had a bear visit you? Not yet. Okay. Huh? Hey, yogi. Yeah, hey, yogi. <laughs> hey, yogi. Yeah, anyway, I'm getting away here. Y'all glad you came today? Y'all know I love you? I really do. And I want the very best for you. I want the best for your families. And the only way that that can happen is, is when we, we turn our hearts to Him. You know? Um, and and that's, that's something for us as individuals. You know, God wants to get involved in our lives. Amen? He's got a plan for us. He's got a plan for you. You know? He, I mean, every man, woman, and child that made their entrance into this world, God said, I've got a plan for you. That's what we want, right? Hallelujah. All right, why don't you stand with me? I've talked long enough. Jeff's going to finish everything up here. Come on, Jeff. No. No. <laughs> he goes, whew. <laughs> he wasn't sure how he was going to handle that. Bless you, Father. Would you bow your heads with me for just a moment? I want to give you an opportunity. You know, I've challenged you. Or I, I've said a lot of things that are challenging today. But it's with a purpose. And um, we want God's best in our lives. I don't know. I do. And I think you do too. So while every head's bowed, every eye's closed, I just want to give you an opportunity just to think about um, your relationship, your personal relationship with Him. And maybe it's not all done here today. Maybe it's somehow related to a process in our lives. But, you know, let's let today be the catalyst. Pray this prayer with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your love and how much you love me. That you gave your greatest gift so that I could live as you would have me to live. I ask you today, Lord, to help me to be the person you would have me to be. Forgive me, Father, for sins of the flesh and of the Spirit. Help me, Lord, to live my life acceptably before you. And I thank you, Lord, for your promises and your power to help me in my life. In Jesus' name. Now, while your heads are bowed, eyes are closed, no one's looking around, there may be those of you that are watching by internet as well. But if you're here today and you've never asked Christ to come into your heart, that is the point of beginning it's that place where we recognize and acknowledge that we need a savior maybe you've never done that before maybe you didn't know but i tell you dear friend there's a heaven to gain and there is a hell to shun and the bible says that whosoever shall call on the name of the lord shall be saved so if you've never asked him called on him hallelujah to be your lord and your savior to ask him to forgive you of all your sin. Well, here's an opportunity. So while heads are bowed, eyes are closed, no one's looking around. While we're in an attitude of prayers, if you're here and you say by your upload hand, Pastor, would you pray for me? Because I can't say that I've ever made that decision, but I want to. If there's anyone here today, just slip up your hand wherever you might be. Hallelujah anyone at all for those of you that may be watching by internet if you've never made a decision to receive Christ today could be your day and the prayer is simple it simply says God come into my heart be the Lord of my life and forgive me of all my sin I make you my Lord that's a simple prayer But I tell you, dear friend, if you say it out of your heart and you let him know that you mean business, Jesus will change your life forever and make you a new creation. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for these precious people and for all of those, Father, that could not be gathered together with us here today as part of our family. And, Father God, I want to thank you that in these days, weeks, and months ahead, That, Father, you're going to begin to show people things that they've not seen before. And that, Father God, that both cheer and joy and hope is going to be restored back into their lives because they're choosing to look to you and not the things around them. I thank you, Father, for advancements, promotions. I thank you, Father God, for your grace upon the church. That, Father, in the midst of turmoil and calamity, Father, that she continues to rise. And those that are members therein, Father, continue to rise. Then in the midst of adversity, hallelujah, that your blessing, Father, rest strong upon her as a witness and as a testimony to the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. And, Father, we thank you for your blessing in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Praise God. You may be seated. God bless you. Thank you for your